Welcome to the Other Side Sports Podcast. I'm Joe, and I got my man Anthony on. Anthony, Cowboys on the road, brother. Yeah, man. Win number four on the season, uh, four in a row, um, four and one. So I'm pretty happy, man. How about you? Man, I'm happy, man. You know, I'm. I'm. We're, we'll make this pretty quick. It was a pretty dominant win. The Giants are depleted, man, and they lost even. Uh, I think four to five more players, important players, obviously Daniel Jones with the concussion and Saquon Barkley with the ankle. And, man, just they they were dropping like flies, man, and the Cowboys just overwhelmed them, bro. And just to seal it off with an Anthony Brown pick six, man, I'm excited, man. Yeah, man, this team is hitting on all cylinders. Um you know, before we kind of get started on the game recap a little bit, let's say, yeah, we'll definitely keep it keep it quick. And then, yeah, we haven't been on in a while, so we got to cover some NASCAR stuff and some Cowboy stuff here. But oh, yeah. um, really, uh, before we get into the game, I like the end there uh, when Dak came out to midfield. Uh, at the end, the first person to meet him at midfield, I don't know if you saw that, was Logan Ryan, which I thought was pretty cool considering – you know, it's been a year since Dak's injury against the Giants at that stadium. You know, Logan Ryan made the tackle. Obviously, it wasn't Logan Ryan's fault or anything of that nature, dirty or nothing like that. But I just thought that was kind of a cool moment for them. And props to Logan Ryan, man. He seems like a, a professional. Yeah, no, I did not see that, but thanks for pointing it out. And yeah, uh, I, I'd be honest with you, I didn't even know who Logan Ryan was, bro, so that's my bad. But yeah, that's absolutely a uh, classy move by him. Shows that he's a true professional and he gets it. And uh, yeah, man, so that that's awesome. I also saw where uh, Dak and JG embraced. Um, so, so, you know, Garrett, I know a lot of people don't like Garrett, but I still think JG is a class guy too, but man, we are on a roll, man. We are on a roll. Yeah. And, and, and Troy kind of brought it up in the broadcast, man. So this game kind of started out today where basically like every, a game previous before this chargers, uh, you know, Eagles, uh, Panthers all did the same thing. They're kind of daring Dallas to run the ball to start the game because they're so worried about getting beat over the top with CD and Amare and all the weapons we have that, you know, Dallas is going to establish the run when you do that. If Dak sees two safeties deep, he's going to check into run plays. And that's really the first quarter. Zeke and Anthony Pollard were really just gashing them. Uh, Dallas could have had a huge lead right out of the gate. But, you know, just made some mistakes. The pick on the first drive of the game where really the DN made a really nice play to jump up, bat the ball down, and pick it. Uh, Dak had Zach, uh, D- sorry, Dak had Zeke wide open in the flat for the first down, but just a really nice play there. And then the fumble uh, where, you know, Dak dropped the snap and the Giants got that ball. I mean, the Dallas was in the red zone ready to score at that point. And then that miscommunication where, Schultz, he kind of dropped that touchdown there, and they had to settle for a field goal. So, really, those three plays were the only reason that the Giants were able to keep it close going into the half. Um, And then the second half, we just, like you said, they just got depleted, had so many injuries, and we took full advantage. But like I kind of said last week, the thing that I like about this Cowboys team is in the past – 
We would let teams that we were way better than hang around and it would be a dogfight at the end. And there's times where we might win in the last second and the times where we would get upset in the last second. I don't see that for this team. I mean, three weeks in a row now, Philadelphia, Carolina, and the Giants, we've had double-digit leads in the second half, you know, feeling pretty comfortable about it. So this team really doesn't let people hang around, and when they have the opportunity to step on somebody's throat, they do it, and that's exactly what they did today. You're correct. And here's the thing. Starting with the Philly game, which I attended, uh, I'll tell you what, man. I felt like Dallas could have put 50 up on Philly. I felt like they could have put 50 up on the on the Panthers, and I definitely felt like they could have put 50 up today, bro. I just, I mean, it, it is unbelievable. In our quarterback, I always do that, do this, and I'm con- I'm going to continue to do this. I was so wrong about Dak, and that's how we formed our relationship, bro, because you called me on my bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you, man, just the way he's putting touch on the ball, just the way he's dropping dimes now, it's unbelievable what this guy is in terms of a quarterback. Just the way he commands the offense, commands the entire team. We are so blessed. When that when that kid took over in L.A. in 2016, he leaped off the screen. I'm not going to lie, but, man, I did not expect this, bro. Yeah, man, the, the two throws that he made today, one to CD early for the deep touchdown and then one uh, down the down the sideline there to Cedric Wilson uh, in the third quarter. Those two throws are just unbelievable. I mean, they are Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady esque like throws. Um, where where uh, Troy said on the broadcast with the uh, Cedric Wilson throw, it looked like uh, Dak just dropped it out of a helicopter because that's yep. basically what happened. He threw it so high, and the ball just literally dropped right into Cedric Wilson's you know gut right, you know, 30 yards down the sideline. So just some unbelievable progression that he's made, Uh, you know, looking defenders off and just – we've already saw the leadership intangibles. I mean, they showed on the broadcast too at the end. I looked like Dak was more happy about the pick six than Anthony Brown was just because, you know, Dak knows how hard those guys work and what that means for him. So, you know, that's leadership, and that's the guy who, you know, is running this football team in the locker room. So – Loved everything about it, man. Really great team win. Uh, kind of just quickly to go over, you know, highs and low points. Sure. Offense, offense. I thought the whole offense was really a high point today. Uh, you know, Schultz, he had that drop in, in the first quarter, but then he ended the game with seven catches for 80 yards, so he played pretty good. Zeke was an absolute bell cow, man. I, I got to eat crow, I guess, again here. I was so wrong about Zeke after the Chargers game where I just wrote him off. This might be, and I'll get you guys your input on this one. Is this the best Ezekiel Elliott we've ever seen? Because I don't know if he's as good, better than the 2016 one, but it's pretty damn close. I don't think, well, I'll, I'll put it like this right here. I think this is the best Zeke in terms of a professional football player. You follow me? I'm talking all facets of being a professional, being professional on the field and off the field. Yes. In 2016, he was just an absolute monster on the field, young guy who 
nobody couldn't really deal with, but obviously he had his issues off the field. But in terms of just a total professional who recognizes the moment, as Troy explained about Zeke realizes now that he's not 23 anymore, he's definitely going to need a rest. In the way he uplifts his line and, and Tony Pollard, I think this is the best Zeke, and I think it's just going to get better. And you're right. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I've got to eat crow too because I basically wrote him off. And, man, golly, it, it's unbelievable what's going on with Zeke, TP, and just that entire – the way they, the line and them are in cohesion. And Terrence Steele, bro, I'm telling you right now, man – that's another person I've got to eat crow on. This kid is tough and he is nasty. I, I like that 15 yard penalty he had today. Me I know too. we don't love 15 yard penalties, but there was a cheap shot at Zach Barton before that. that exactly. Man, he was standing up for his teammate. And I love seeing stuff like that, man. Exactly, man. I got to give it to the coaches, man. Cause you know, we were just, bro, we, but what we didn't understand is fans, this kid was learning on the job, really, you know? And I tell you what, he's a quick study, man, because this kid is nasty. Yep, and, and you can, you know, we can say we got to give Joe Philbin a lot of the credit because the offensive line has been fantastic this year. So yep. I know Joe, Joe Philbin, what he's done with Terrence Steele has been incredible, but the whole line's pre- pretty good. I mean, when we get here to the negatives on the offense, I do have one negative on that offensive line. It's a center Me too. position. Me too. Um, but I, I, the rest of them I thought played really well. And then, um, you know, we could go on about the skill players for days. We know how good they are. But I do got to – I got to give make sure you're eating crow on one other guy too Uh-oh. because you've been kind of hard on 77 over the last couple of years. <laughs> Tyron Smith has been unreal this year, man. So, I know you've called – I think you called him washed last year on the pod. Um, I think he's still got a little bit left, man, because he's playing some pretty good football right now. <laughs> you know, I know you're not going to let me get away with it. But anyway, uh, yeah, no, I did. as a matter of fact, I was saying they need to cut him. You and did. I'm a, I'm a damn fool, man. I'm trying <laughs> to tell you. I'm trying to tell you, man. No, Smith has been playing outstanding, bro. He's literally shut down the the a whole, the entire left side of the, uh, you know, the left side of the line. He's doing things that he did when he was in his absolute prime. You can't move him. I think when he lost a lot of weight, because at one time, I think he had kind of bulked up and kind of gotten really into weightlifting because I think they said he was kind of thinking about becoming a bodybuilder, you know? Yeah. So I think what he, you know, his new training regimen in terms of flexibility and things of that nature, I really think that's taking the pressure off his back. And, man, he's been amazing, bro. So, yeah. I'm eating crow, man. A lot of crow on that one. Yeah, he has been great. All right, so the only say negative-wise to the offense, I, I really can't. You know, Schultz dropped the touchdown at the beginning, but like I said, I thought he kind of recovered and had a really nice game, had a lot of first downs, and actually led the team in catches today. So really the only negative I had was, man, Biotish – Today, he snapped the ball terribly, and it doesn't make any sense because they were at home. It wasn't like there was weather or anything of that nature. So why he struggled to snap the ball to Dak, I just don't understand. I'm not, you know, I I don't want to get in these guys' head, but I really believe the the snap that Dak fumbled was due to all the bad snaps previous of 
because, you know, he had had so many bad snaps from Biotish that, you know, he got hit right in the hands. And I just think it, it messed his concentration up. I mean, he is having to go high, low. He was snapping it everywhere, man. Kind of like Andre Girard used to do for us back. He used to drive me crazy in the early 2000s when he'd be snapping the ball like that. So Biotish, he's definitely the him and Connor Williams at times are definitely the weak link to this offensive line. Um, there was also times today where it looked like Biotish was getting manhandled and pushed back into the lap of Dak Prescott. So I don't know. I'm not ready to say that we need to bench Biotish or that nature, but I think early on we were kind of saying this is another Travis Frederick and this guy is not Travis Frederick. And I think we just have to kind of accept it and move on. Yeah, man, we missed. I I definitely missed that, bro. I uh, I thought this kid was going to uh, be the next Travis Frederick Jr., and he's nowhere close to that, bro. He's awful. I'm sorry. Um, and they got to make a decision because when it gets time for the nitty gritty, we're gonna need somebody who can who can withstand those you know those just those powerful D tackles pushing the pocket. And, you know, getting the snap, getting the snap to the quarterback right. So I don't understand. It seems like we've been real good at, you know, like we got rid of nine. We made some hard decisions on some players. I'm, I'm trying to figure there's got to be a reason why they're keeping him there. And I just can't put my finger on it, you know. Yeah, I'm thinking it's because he's a second-year guy and they're hoping that he'll progress, um, especially. And the other thing is that the other guys that have on this roster, uh, Connor McGovern and, and, and Connor Williams, who are kind of the quote-unquote backup centers, aren't true centers. So, yeah, you might get a Connor McGovern who's a better blocker, but – you know, you know how these coaches think, man, the p- football is so valuable. So if they don't have a guy that they're comfortable snapping the football, they're not going to make that move. So that, that that's what I see. Um, you know, as far as I know, Dallas doesn't really have a true backup center. It's McGovern and Williams, and that's not their natural spot. So I do do think that as the year goes on, they'll be giving him more help. You can kind of tell the way Kellen Moore's called plays, we do a lot of running off tackle now. We don't necessarily run it right up the gut. We kind of run off between the tackle and the guard. And I think that is, you know, due to he knows that he's got a weakness there in Biotish. So I think it's something that I would not be surprised that Dallas addresses in the draft next year, because hopefully me and you both hope that they're drafting very late, maybe last in the first round. Uh, and we know a, a position like center is something that you can get pretty late in the first round. You can still get probably the best center available, you know, late in the first round. So that's kind of my, my thoughts on that. Yeah, no, I, I I totally agree with you as well, man. And I'm I'm gonna Chelsea's gonna have to get it together, bro. I mean, I, I don't know what's happened the past couple of games, but he kind of has the drops, and he's got to get over that really quick. He still had an all around good game, but man, you can't be dropping touchdowns and things of that nature. That that's my biggest thing for a receiver. If the ball is catchable in your catch radius, and not too behind you. I expect you to catch it, especially when there's like big third downs and, and, and obviously touchdowns, you know? Yeah, and that, that one, it was thrown behind him. But like Troy said on the broadcast, it was actually thrown behind him on purpose. Yes, that because was trying to yeah. lead away from the defender to right, not, right, not right. get Schultz killed or get potentially pit. Right. But yeah, Schultz has to make that, that catch. And I, I think, you know, he, he knows that. I think he'll work. He'll probably be at the ball machine even more this week. And I don't anticipate – 
I, you know, I anticipate him to come out next week and not have issues dropping the ball. So, um, all right, now let's move on to the defense. So I'm kind of going to be mean here on the defense Uh-oh. for a second. Uh-oh. I'm going to be a jerk. Um, my biggest bright spot on the defense was the fact that I did not see number nine playing on the Cowboys defense. <laughs> that was the highlight of the defense for me because I know we haven't talked about this since, you know, we, we tried to get on the pod earlier this week about – you do a breaking news on it, but we had some technical difficulties. So, for those of you that are living <laughs> under a rock, uh, Jalen Smith was released. It was the highlight of my week. I was so happy when I saw it. I shed a tear of joy. I laughed. I went through every every happy emotion I possibly could. Um, and I still feel great about it. And it's not like I wake up the next day and I'm like, oh, man, Jalen. No, no, I don't want to see him anymore. I'm happy he got signed by the Packers. I'm happy he's going to continue to play. But I never want to see him with a blue star on his helmet ever again. And it was just beautiful scenes today watching Vander Esch, you know, make a play in the backfield and doing his wolf howl. That play, I, I texted you. That play that Danny Jones got hurt on, that Jabril Cox made that play. Yeah, we all know Jalen Smith does not make that play. Jalen lets Daniel Jones hit the edge, and Danny Jones scores on that play easily. But Jabril Cox is just faster, and that's why he got cut. So beautiful scenes. Nine is gone. All is right in Anthony's world, and the defense looked great today. Hey, tell everybody what I texted you about nine. <laughs> yeah, you said um. What'd you say? Do you feel uh, my closet uh, nine fan or something like that? Did, did, did that we? Did, 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 did I say? Did we make a mistake with the eyeballs? Yeah. Did you make a mistake with nine? That answer to that is no. We did not. So I know I got some. Uh, two of my best friends. Uh, shout out to them, uh, Miguel and Arthur. Big Packer fans, both of them hit me up this week. Hey man, give me a scouting report on Jalen Smith. And my scouting report was like. Dirty eyes, looking in the backfield all the time. Can't run anymore. Can't shed a block. Basically, I said if there's anything good, he can blitz the quarterback because he can. I've always said that he can blitz the quarterback. But other than that, there's he has no good attributes on the field. He is so washed; it's not even funny. So enjoy him. Enjoy him, Green Bay. Enjoy him. Oh my goodness, sir. that is so funny. That's so accurate too. But yeah, man. Defense, you know what? Um, man, I'm just trying to think on the defense. We still, from time to time, and it happens in the NFL. It's not just the Cowboys. We tend to give up those just those huge chunk plays, you know. And I think sometimes our defense, they will, you know, they they'll pick their spots, which I understand. You can't go; they can't go 100 miles an hour each play. That's just not that. I mean, they're not the 2000. I don't think any defense is going to be the 2000 Ravens, you know. But I'll tell you what, man, uh, Stefan Diggs, man, oh, my. I mean, excuse me, Trayvon Diggs. My apologies to him. Bro, this kid is phenomenal. Yeah, man, Trayvon Diggs, the play, he had several that he met, you know, close interceptions in the first half. And it was almost like all game, you're just waiting for it. You knew he was going to get one. You were just waiting for the win. And if you really watch that play on that pick that he had on Mike Glennon, I believe that he actually lulled Glennon to sleep a little bit. He let the receiver get about a yard of separation on him to where he thought that the post was open. And as soon as Glennon threw that ball, you can literally see Trayvon Diggs, the trail speed. You can literally see him just catching uh, the receiver. I can't, I can't remember. I think it was Ross 
uh, that the ball was thrown to. That's kind of their deep threat. Uh, uh-huh. Used to be on the Arizona Cardinals. You could literally see him just. I mean, Trayvon Diggs was running faster than he was. As soon as he turned on the afterburner, he beat him to the spot, went up for the ball, got the interception, and ran it. You know, had a nice run back afterwards. So, Trayvon Diggs is phenomenal. You're right. The Cowboys defense, though, they didn't have a lot of big spots today. I mean, they didn't make a ton of splash plays. I don't think they had a sack. I don't really remember any sacks, even though they did generate some pressure. The biggest thing I could say with the defense today, yeah, they made some plays. Um, Man, that kid on the Giants, Kadarius Toney, he is a beast. Yeah, he's a baller. I remember watching him in Florida last year. He He is a stud, so that doesn't surprise me. I think they definitely hit on one right there. Um, But the Cowboys defense to, to me that the Giants could not establish a running game the whole game. Uh, we know Barkley got hurt, but they've still got Booker. They've got some nice, nice talent at the running back position. And last year, the Cowboys run defense was so bad this year, you know, today and all year, they just played so well. I thought, you know, Osa played well. Carlos Watkins was back and he played pretty well. Vander S Parsons, all them guys just did a great job of stopping the run. And then they were able to make enough plays uh, against the Giants passing game. But that's what you have to do against these teams. You know, you got to take the run away, make them become one dimensional. And ultimately, as beat up as the Giants were, you know that, you know, if you make them one dimensional, you like your chances of being able to win that game. So, yeah, defense, just a solid effort all around by the defense. Hey, is Tristan Hill uh, still on the team? Is he hurt? What What is he? Is he inactive? What is, what is he? What is he to us? He's on the pup list uh, because he oh. was dealing with some injury, okay. so he cannot come off the pup list until after six weeks. So technically, he could come back after the bye. Right. Um, but I'll be honest with you, I don't see where he fits in anymore. Right. Um, I think they might keep him, obviously. Because he's still under a rookie deal, it ain't like they're paying him Jalen Smith type of money. But right, I wouldn't right, be right. surprised if he's inactive, man. Because I just Neville Gallimore is going to come back, you know, after the bye. It sounds like Gallimore is going to be back, and yep. then you've got Osa, you got Watkins. I just I'm not sure where you fit Tristan Hill into that equation, but yeah, yeah. man, he's on the pup list. We we got amazing depth as a team. Yeah, all around, incredible. man. And that, that that's what I really kind of reminds me of the freaking '92 '93 Cowboys, man. So. Uh man, just just a great just a great game all around. Freaking uh, Greg Deleg looked pretty solid on his field goals. Coaching staff, great. It's just an all around man, all around team organization type of win. And I'm so happy, man. And I'm just looking forward to next week. We go up to New England. Um, we we need to go up there with a serious mentality because it's still gonna be tough dealing with that madman up there who knows how to design defenses with all types of looks. And I would just love to see Dak dissect and take that team apart, you know? Yeah, man. Big week next week. Um, they, they, you know, go up to New England. If they can get out of there with the win, you're looking at five and one. You're going to have at least a two-game lead in the East. And with all intents and purposes, very good chance you're going to have a three-game lead in the East if you come out next week with a win. Philadelphia plays Tampa Bay this week. And Washington in Philly plays, too. In Phil, yes, and Washington plays at Kansas City. So I don't expect either Washington or Philly to come out with a dub next week. So for all purposes, you know, five and one into the bye week, you know, gives you a three game lead in the division. So huge game next week, definitely at New England. So yeah, this Cowboys team is rolling and. One last call out just because, you know, we called out everything on offense, defense, giving a lot of these guys props this year. And I don't want to, uh, I don't want to not mention anybody, but special teams the last 
two, three weeks. Bones was driving me crazy earlier in the year. Yeah. In the Chargers game. And they've been really good the last few weeks. And, man, I'll tell you, CJ Goodwin might be the best special teamer I've ever seen play. And I'm not kidding about that. I'm not over exaggerating, but it just seems like he flies around the field on punt and uh, kick coverages. I mean, that guy is a freaking stud. So just shout out to CJ, man, because he's, you know, people overlook that, but those are big plays when it comes to field position in a football game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I told you how it looked live. He he was all over the place, man. So, yeah. Yeah, man. Just, bro, we can enjoy the rest of this night, man. We can watch the Chiefs and the Bills. We can. It, it's just going to be a great week, bro. I worked two days this week, then I'm headed to Vegas. So, it's all good, man. <laughs> man, you're always traveling. You're a lucky guy, man. And, and, I got the best wife in the world, bro. <laughs> I know you do. Yeah, I'm I'm getting up early myself tomorrow. Heading out to Washington, D.C., going to spend the day at the zoo with the kids, um, and they're going to head on back, get a few hours of sleep, and I'll go into work tomorrow night. But going to enjoy a nice day at the zoo tomorrow. My kids have never been, and I haven't been in years, so looking forward to that. All right, um, let's kind of switch gears here and go to NASCAR before we get off here because I definitely want to catch the Chiefs' bills here. Kind of fireworks at NASCAR today, man. So uh, for those of you that didn't see it, but Harvick (laughs) basically took a cheap shot at Chase (laughs) and and wrecked Chase for all intents and purposes. And that was going to be the move that was going to get Chase out of the – he wasn't going to make it. He was not going to make it. You texted me when I was traveling back home and I lost it. (laughs) (laughs) And then – yeah, and then – uh, Karma gets cha- gets Harvick back, and he kind of blows the chicane and goes right into the wall. Um, and honestly, I believe that Chase was two spots behind him, and I think that Harvick was looking in the mirror, looking at, wondering if that retaliation was going to come, exactly. and he blew the corner. That's what I think happened. Um, but He's washed. Yeah, man. Yeah. Got the best of them, so Chase does move on to the next round, which I know makes you happy. Young Money got a W, so he's moving on to the next round. So, (laughs) you know, uh, Denny, of course, won last week. So the guys who we thought were going to be there in the Final Four are all moving on to the eight. But what are your thoughts on Chase Chase and Harvick, man? Bro, let me tell you, man. So, man, Anthony, I was – we were driving back. You know, as you go into those rural towns, you kind of lose reception, right? So, I was like – I had it on the race, then it froze up on me. Then all of a sudden, your text comes in, and I'm like, what the fuck just happened, bro? I went from zero to, like, 25, (laughs) and I'm just cursing Harvick and saying what I'm going to do to Harvick. It was crazy, man. But get this right here, bro. When he drove into that wall, <laughs> that was the best feeling ever, man. Uh, yeah, he. If anybody deserved to drive into the wall, it was definitely Harvick. And um, I haven't seen it yet, but just to kind of quote Chase Elliott from uh from earlier after I guess NBC got him post race, he said. As far as Kevin goes, just want to wish him a merry off season and a happy Christmas. <laughs> He's oh silly, kind goodness. of throwing some shade. But to oh. be honest, man, I don't know what the hell Harvick was thinking because even if he gets into the playoffs, okay, let's say he makes the playoffs, right? And that move gets Chase out of the playoffs, right? You mean to tell me at Martinsville here in two weeks, you don't think Chase is going to go on that track with all? 
all bet on just absolutely destroying the four car because you know exactly, he would. Exactly. We well, you know he would have. It would have been a Kenseth Logano 2.0 moment at Martinsville. So exactly what Harvick was really thinking in that situation, I don't understand. And he didn't need to do that. Harvick was running in the top ten, and exactly. he could have made the next round without doing that. So to me, it's just. Harvick, I always always question his mental kind of where he's at mentally, and I think he just let it. I just think he just he made a, a fifty year old driver made a rookie mistake. Exactly, let somebody get the let Chase get the best best of him, and that was kind of what happened. But I'll be honest, man, I was kind of hoping that Chase would miss the round to playoffs just because oh, I really want to see Chase. I really want to see Chase get up in Harvick's face after the race. That's what yeah. I really wanted to see. So <laughs> I know he was going to let it go now that he made the final round, and I was like, oh, I'm not going to get to see it. But yeah. I was ready to see Chase start throwing some hands, man. Hey, bro, man, I, I just was like, it was so – I was so happy when I saw that car driving to the wall, dude. I, I'll tell you, man, that's the best feeling this weekend, bro. <laughs> it. It, I've never, I mean, literally just drove straight into the wall. Like, oh, nothing. man. Did you hear the crowd? The crowd was so loud when he drove into the wall. They were freaking cheering that he drove into the wall. And then when he got out, they were still cheering, man. He didn't even look at the crowd. He, Harvick is done, bro. He's done. Sorry. So my question then, because this came up on Twitter. So I'm going to ask you, obviously, you're – by you're gonna be biased on this um and i you know i'll give my thoughts but uh so after the incident chase elliott kind of was driving out on the track for quite a while with his rear bumper cover kind of dangling and then eventually it fell off and caused the caution but he drove like a solid 15 laps with that rear bumper cover dangling um he didn't get the black flag nascar has black flags from drivers in the past did they not black flag him because he's Chase Elliott, man? Well, what, Absolutely. What happened? Remember what I told you, bro? When Harvard wrecked Chase, don't you think the NASCAR Hollow was like, what in the is this dude <laughs> doing? The reason being is because the, 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 the championship rounds, they're going to start going up against the football. Then you're going to have bats. Come on, man. So you need Chase in that to attract some eyeballs. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, they, they, were, they were not going to black flag. Chase, they just weren't going to do it, bro. That would have been like Black Fallon, uh, uh, Dale Jr. It's not going to happen, man. Sorry, it's not right, but it would not, it was not going to happen. Yeah, I agree with you, but I'll go one step further. All these fans on Twitter, look, man, if it was any of the playoff drivers, they wouldn't have black flagged any of them. Exactly. I, I don't think it was just the oh, because it's Chase Elliott, we didn't black flag him. Any playoff driver whether it would have been byron or bowman who got eliminated the day that were fighting their guts out whether it would have been you know joey logano keselowski any of those guys nascar is not gonna you know quote unquote put the game in the officials hands and right. make a call like that they're just not right. gonna do it this isn't right. a stick and ball sport this is a lot of judgment calls and a lot of times there nascar is gonna eat the whistle and they're not gonna call it so right you know those people that are you know bitching on twitter just get over <laughs> it man because that's that's <laughs> That's what happened. It is what it is. And and also, let's not be real, too. NASCAR's entertainment. So I think NASCAR was like, yeah, let that bumper cover fall off so then we could throw this caution with 15 to go and exactly. have a shootout at the end. Because exactly. we know shit gets wild at the road course. So exactly. I think they were just ready for it, man. That, that's just my, you know, apologize for the language, but that, that's what happened. Hey, man, this one dude on Twitter, he was talking about uh, – 
you know, this is scripted, this is that, this is this, right? And I said, I just sent him, I said, oh, be quiet. Bro, he sent me back. He was like, I'll meet you anywhere. I'll meet you anywhere. We can go at it. <laughs> yeah. It was so funny, man. It's so funny. But nah, man, really, um, I'm happy that Chase, hopefully this will give Chase a little bit of spark. I was proud of the way he, you know, drove that car. I was proud of the way Allen really you know, allow him to go through the emotions, but saw the bigger picture and glad they were able to get in. Now the rubber really meets the road because you got the eight best drivers, man. And golly, I still, I still think it's going to come down to uh, young money versus Hamlin. I really think it's going to come down to those two. Um, I just think chase is a tick off, you know, in, in some of the areas I could be wrong. Maybe he is, just playing it perfectly, but I just still think the two best cars are Young Money and and the eleven car of Hamlin. Yeah, and Ham uh, Larson has thirty five point lead on everybody in wow. the last round because he got another win today. So when you look at he's got dude fifteen stage wins for for Larson this year and seven race wins, which means equals sixty five playoff points that he gets to carry into this round of eight. The next closest guy, Denny, has 10 stage wins and only two race wins. So, I mean, Larson has just dominated this season. So, unless he really – 35 points on everybody, he can ultimately have a mulligan even in the last – you know, in this round and still make the final four. So, um, I, I agree with you. You look at the eight that made it here – you got all three drivers from Team Penske, Keselowski, Logano, and Blaney. All of them are in this round of eight. You got the two uh, Hendrick guys there in Larson and uh, in Elliott. And then you got uh, the Gibbs guys there, Kyle Busch, Danny Hamlin. So, I don't know, man. I agree with you. I think it's going to be – actually, and, and you got Martin Church Jr. I'm sorry. So, you got three Gibbs guys there, Martin Church Jr. as well. So, you got three organizations really fight battling it out. I believe you're going to get one Gibbs car, one Penske car, and then Chase and Larson. That's what I'm thinking is what you're going to get in the final four. And you're probably right. It's probably going to be Denny, Larson. I'll go Chase, and then I'll say Logano is probably the final four. But don't sleep on those Penske guys because right now they got all three cars in this final round. If one of them's able to get to the finals and now Penske's able to throw all their basket, all their resources in one car, I think they can at Phoenix beat. Denny or Larson. I think it'll be a really good show down at Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right, man. It's uh it's definitely exciting. I'm definitely gonna be paying attention because this is where the rubber meets the road and, and the, the cream's gonna rise to the to the top. And also those guys are gonna have the very best pieces going forward. You know, not saying that they hadn't had them now, but you know what I'm talking about. No, They're you're really right. gonna have the best pieces each and every uh race that's out on the track going forward till the end of the season. So I'm, I'm excited, man. I, I, I'm excited. I know the NFL, you know, our Cowboys do Trump these guys, but man, I'll tell you what, it, it's going to be very interesting down the way. And I'm excited for NASCAR. Yeah, man. I, uh, last year before we get off so we can watch this bills chiefs game, uh, man, NASCAR, the only thing I gotta, I, I gotta give them some flack on is you look at this last round before you go into your championship race, and he got Texas, Kansas, and then Martinsville. So, obviously, I love Martinsville, but 
Texas and Kansas, that's kind of blah to me, before, considering it's the last round. I would, I don't know, I would do something different than two mile-and-a-half tracks. Maybe go a mile-and-a-half track, maybe move Talladega into this round or something. But yeah. I'm not yeah. loving I'm not loving this. Uh, these next two races, I'll be honest. Yep, yep. No, you're right, man. You're absolutely right. So hopefully something can happen and be exciting, but we don't really expect it. Maybe everybody just keep their nose clean and – get it down to Martinsville and we go from there, you know? Yep. And then last thing here, let's three minutes. We got three minutes on this topic before eight 30 hits here. And then we'll turn on, I'll turn the game on. I know they already kicked off. Uh, we got to talk about this because we talked about him so much this year and he pulled it off last week. So Bubba Wallace, won Talladega last week, man, by hook or crook. Now, in my opinion, he won it fair and square. Um, He held everybody off, drove up to the lead. Everybody knew the rain was coming. He got the lead at Talladega. Uh, They wreck, the rain's come, and he gets a win. So just what are your thoughts on Bubba getting to victory lane this year? So I'm I'm actually happy for him to get the victory lane. That'll take some of the pressure off of him. But now the key thing is – um, he's got to finish. I feel the season strong. I'm, I'm saying, you know, no less than a top 15 finish throughout this, the rest of this year. And then going into next year, man, he's going to be expected to win more than I, I would say more than two races. That that would be my scenario. You won your race. You need to really go in the off season and just improve your conditioning, improve everything about you and be ready to hit the road next year. Cause you're going to have a teammate that's going to be hungry there. He's going to help you, but he's going to also, if you don't be careful, he'll show you up too. Definitely. Um, when it comes to Bubba, my big thoughts on last week, number one, congratulations to him. Huge win for him. Yep. Um, two, um, Bubba is now a pioneer of being an African American driver. I mean, we're gonna, he's the first driver that's won in NASCAR Cup since like the 50s. So he yep. is now the face of that, you know, kind of movement after this win. Yep. I don't think he was the face of the movement before because I think he needed to win before he really got that, but now he did. He won the race. And then three, you know, if there was one, I put this on Facebook, and um, I really truly believe this. I know we gave Bubba a lot of a lot of flack, but you know, the flack that we gave Bubba was his driving skill purely. It had nothing yep. to do with Bubba as a person, right? With anything right. like that. I think maybe at times me and you might have been just overly critical of him because we want somebody uh, black or brown to succeed so bad. I think we were overly critical, but I did put this on Facebook. If there was, you know, one kid that was watching Talladega, you know, that was a uh, African-American or, or, or any kind of, you know, descent like that, that watched that race and saw Bubba win and that aspires them to be a NASCAR driver, then I'm all for it, man. Then I think it was a, it was a really good win for the sport. I think it was a really good win just for, you know, NASCAR culture in general. So I was happy to see it. Hey man, I second that. Well said, brother. Yeah. Congratulations to Bubba once again. And Hey man, just got to be ready for next year. I'm expecting we're, we are expecting big things out of him next year, bro. Yeah, and just so everybody knows, this win does not mean the criticism will stop. If we see something that we need to address and we need to be critical of him, then we will have no problem calling it out. And just like if he does something. Any other driver, we will do the same as well. Absolutely. And if if we see something that turns our head and says, wow, we'll definitely give him his props too. So I'm looking at Martinsville here in a couple weeks, man. I'm not saying that's one of Bubba's best tracks. He won a truck race at Martinsville. I'm not saying I need him to go win Martinsville, but 
I need them to make sure that, you know, I need the fans in the stands to know the 23 car was there after Martinsville, right? I need them to run in the top five and get a decent finish. That's all I'm looking for. Absolutely, my man. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's get let's enjoy this Bills Chiefs game, man. You enjoy Vegas this week. I'm gonna enjoy the zoo. Uh, try not to lose too much money out in Vegas, man. Uh, keep a credit card or so back home. I won $300 today in a parlay playing on DraftKings, so I'm riding high, so hopefully you get some of that luck uh, your way in Vegas, man. I appreciate it, man. And once again, I'll we'll see everybody else on the other side. Thanks, Anthony. Have a great week, man. You too, man. All right.